We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we'll get to the cuts, all right? But putting a pin in that just for a second. The Denver Broncos, a few weeks ago, we learned that they're 10-year agreement with UC Health as their quote-unquote healthcare provider partner and thus the naming rights of the facility partner. That agreement expired, so we knew there was going to be a new name or new agreement coming. Turns out it's not going to be UC Health. It's going to be, I almost forgot it uh, as I literally am saying this, uh, it is uh, Centura. That's how you say it, right, Centura. So anyway, what are your thoughts on that? And then we'll get into the cuts. I mean, it's a, it's a sponsor. It's a, a lot of a dog and pony show to have their name on the Broncos facility. They had the big uh, check that was uh, given to Greg Penner and Carrie uh, Walton Penner. Yeah, it's all about the money in the end. And I guess it's good for business from a financial sense, but it's not going to affect the on-field product too much. And that's the that's what I'm concerned with. Yeah, we just have to catch ourselves from saying UC Health, and now we got to say Centura yeah. Health. Centura Health. It, pretty soon it'll start rolling off the tongue. It's like when uh, Sports Authority failed at Mile High, right? And it was so easy to turn that into an acronym. And then, you know, we all got used to saying that. Before that, it was Invesco Field at Mile High. Uh, anyway, it, it, no big deal. But Zach, the Broncos um, unceremoniously cut four guys today, they signed one. Um, get into it though who are the guys that cut and one of them from what you were telling me right before we went live had a little bit of a, a live reaction uh to the to the unfortunate news for him yeah the broncos re-signed tyreek McAllister, who they cut last week they also officially re-signed kareem jackson as you know we previously reported but the four players who were waived were all undrafted rookies they are wide receiver dallas daniels cornerback darius Gaines, tight end chris leach and running back emmanuel wilson Gaines was the surprising, if you could use that word, release here because the Broncos gave him a guarantee of $45,000 upon signing him as a college free agent. And he gave a quote to Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette. He said, I was surprised about it and he has no idea what his plans are as of now. He's going to take it day by day. So they're pretty much just creating roster space. They fill two of those spots and they have two more that will be filled tomorrow when the signings of Ben DiNucci and running back Jock Patrick both from the XFL become official. I'm realizing here I got to close a tab or two that I'm not going to be using because this StreamYard stuff is getting to me. Uh, but yeah, that's the way she goes sometimes. It's unfortunate for those guys to be handed their walking papers, Zach. So, so immediately following their big opportunity to perform at, at rookie camp, I can't help but think that a part of that equation is obviously not only uh, the Broncos re-signing Kareem Jackson, but really it's hey, they ended up bringing a quarterback uh, onto the 90-man offseason roster that they weren't initially planning. So a couple of guys were going to get cut either way from, from what it seems like. I mean, roster math is what it is, but it's unfortunate. Papa Bear, as he is known in his neck of the woods, David McElrath, great to see you, big dog. 
Thank you for jumping in with an early super chat before we even went live saying good evening, Broncos country, Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott Buckham with a B. MHH for life, Denver Bronx for life. Great to see you, David. Thank you, big dog. Appreciate you helping us get this started on the right foot, my friend. Thank you, David, as always. One thing, if I could speculate, Chad, about the Gaines release, I think part of it had to do as well with the performance of Riley Moss, the Broncos rookie cornerback who really impressed the coaching staff and also his fellow teammates and fellow rookies during the Broncos rookie minicamp. If you listen to Marvin Mims talk about Riley Moss, he sounds like he's a very intelligent player, very instinctual player, and uh, he got the um, the approval of everyone around him. So maybe they don't need Darius Gaines, and uh, that's why he's no longer. That's a really good, really good observation. And something Sean Payton said, too, on Saturday after practice was that, you know, he was asked about Riley Moss again, and it wasn't so much the uh, white corner angle, just kind of some feedback because he looked good out there. And to paraphrase Coach Payton, one of the things he said is that, the cornerback position might be the one that demands the most athleticism. I mean, every position demands elite athleticism on one level or another, but what we think of as just raw athleticism, twitchy explosiveness, and all the different things they have to be able to do in terms of their uh, coordination, their speed, their twitch, all that stuff, backpedaling the hips, the speed, the physicality, everything that goes along with it. And he says that he has that ability that he is one of the most athletic players he's ever seen, which is really exciting. Troy, thank you for the super chat, bro. He says, Hey guys, any talk about cam Fleming would like to get a versatile uh, lineman soon. Not much talk other than what we've been talking about here at MHH. He's still out there. Last I checked Zach, he's, he's made a, one or two free agent visits, uh, but still languishing out there. You want the Broncos to bring him back as just a fail safe. Oh, man, I do realize the Broncos need another tackle just as depth, but I don't think it has to be Cam Fleming. Interestingly enough, both Broncos offensive linemen, Fleming and Dalton Reisner, remain unsigned. I thought Fleming by now would have went to Miami with Butch Berry or maybe New York with Nathaniel Hackett, but he's still on the open market. There's probably a reason for that, though I do expect the Broncos, Chad, to bring in one more veteran to kind of hold that fort down by the training camp. Uh, we also have a very generous super here from the man, Sam Bam. Thank you, Sam. Great to see you, bro. Thank you. He says, evening, everyone. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers out there in Broncos country. Very kind, very sweet. Do you know if Washington is sh uh, shopping Chase Young, the edge rusher? Uh, if so, you think he's worth at least a first or second round pick? Injury history, though. Um. For me, I understand, Zach, that, that edge is proven edge is a little bit of a problem for the Broncos as far as I'm concerned anyway. But I just I'm tired of the tr of not having a first or second round pick. Yeah. I'm tired of that. Like, I don't know. Some people think that there's more put into that, you know, the perceived value of a first or second round pick. There that there's more that there's less to it than you might think, you know, especially if you're wise with how you use your free agent dollars and all that. But we're going on now. If we were to, let's say, orchestrate a pick or a trade, Sam, for a, for Chase Young and it included a first-round pick and all that, we'd be talking now about three consecutive years sans a first-round pick. And I don't know about the wisdom of that, especially considering, Zach, as he mentions, you know, when you have a, an injury jacket, and you're still so young in the league, relatively speaking, that's a concern. Yeah, you nailed it. I'm pretty tired of the Broncos sitting out day one of the draft. Two years in a row now, I understand why they did it. I'm not you know, regretting them picking up Russell Wilson or, or Sean Payton, but you have to have that premium capital to build other areas of the roster. I don't know about Washington and Young. All I do know is that they, they declined his fifth-year option, and there were rumors he was on the trading block, but like you said, Sam, his injury history is kind of prohibitive to making a big trade. Also, his contract. He's on his rookie deal. If the Broncos were to acquire him, which I don't think will happen, they would be paying $34.5 million guaranteed. They simply cannot afford to shell out that kind of money or allocate the assets for someone with the injury jacket like Chase Young has. Great pass rusher, but you wonder about his longevity in the NFL. Zach, do you remember the injury situation of Randy Gregory? Let's see. He was placed on IR with two weeks to go after missing, what was it, nine weeks. I remember that. 
and then this is okay here we go so this is us i'm trying to remember some of this stuff for back in march zach we learned that uh as he as he finished the season injured there was concern about what his outlook would be remember it was a knee that was bothering him and since we're on the subject of outside linebackers health depth and all that i think it's worth broncos fans knowing what sean payton had to say when he was asked about an injury update for randy gregory and he said this quote randy is doing well phase two and he's been here he's in good health but again it's phase two meaning we're doing a lot of teaching and he's doing well and looks good, close quote. So if the Broncos get a healthy and available Randy Gregory in 2023, a lot of my concerns about edge probably melt away, but that's a that's a really big if, if you look at the average number of games he's played as a pro since, per season since uh, coming into the league. He's so good when he's on the field, though. I, I know he has injury concerns, but he is a true difference maker. But you said the buzzword there when it comes to the edge position, depth. They do need depth, but Chase Young, while we're on that subject briefly, he wouldn't be depth. He'd be a starter. I wouldn't mind if the Broncos bring in a defensive lineman like I don't know, maybe Shelby Harris still out there, maybe someone like him, as opposed to splurging for a pass rusher like Chase Young. But you're right. If Randy Gregory stays healthy, Baron Browning continues to develop, they are fine at outside linebacker as starters. Mike Ronquillo, so great to see you tonight, my friend. Love you. Much love and respect. By the way, wasn't it Guardians of the Galaxy 3 that you, you were going to go see the other night? How is it? Is it good? Because I'm thinking about taking my kids tomorrow night, so let us know. Appreciate your support as always, big dog. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Across the pond, we got Marcus Lewis Henna. Really, really good to see you. He says, hey, guys, respect to all Broncos fans and all at MHH from your UK-based fans. Lots of Broncos fans and lots of members of our community uh, in the United Kingdom. And uh, Scott got to witness that in the flesh when we sent him uh, to, to London for the Jags game last year. So cool. Uh we always want to get at least one Twitch, and here we have DJ Equalizer on Twitch. Appreciate you being with us tonight, my friend, saying, thought it was nice news, Zach. Shane Ray picked up by the Buffalo Bills. What do you think of that? Never heard of her. Wouldn't know who Shane Ray is. I, it's such a relic of, of years past. I, I totally forgot about Shane Ray. I did not even realize he was still in the NFL, quite frankly, but if there is a team uh, that – is worth joining. I think it's Buffalo where he reunites, interestingly enough, with Von Miller. I'm looking here. I'm trying to remember some of his uh, post-Denver. I mean, he hasn't been. He has not been on a on an active 53-man roster where he saw any time since 2018 in Denver. That's a sad, sad state of affairs for a guy who was a former 
uh, first round pick, unfortunately. But hey, I'll always have some love for Shane Ray, and I'll tell you why. He might not have been the impetus for that ferocious Super Bowl 50 pass rush, right? It was Vaughn, it was Demarcus Ware, and then it was that that trio up front, Derek Wolf, Sylvester Williams, Malik Jackson. That was the tip of the spear, so to speak. But especially in that playoff run when Vaughn or Ware, Zach, would need to take a breather, the guys into the breach were Shaquille Barrett and Shane Ray. Shaquille Barrett, been chopping wood. Unfortunately, of course, he suffered an immense tragedy this offseason with his, his little daughter uh, drowning in the family swimming pool. Uh, RIP and still thoughts and prayers to the Barrett family. But he was, uh, he's gone on, Zach, to create a, his own legend outside of Denver. Shane Ray hasn't really been able to, uh, and outside of that next season, which was also DeMarcus Ware's final season as a Bronco, Shane Ray ended up being turned to as a second-year player, as a starter, had a couple of good games. He finished, I want to say, with like eight sacks on the season, and then that wrist derailed what remained of his, his career. Broncos did not exercise his fifth year, and what, I know he was with the Ravens for a while. Uh, but only as like a fringe practice squad guy, off-season roster guy. He's had some bad luck since that wrist. Yeah, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. He was part of a pretty amazing special pass rushing rotation, but the fact of the matter is, only speaking for myself, he's a bust as a draft pick. He was a giant whiff, and uh, didn't he have the, the big Chiefs tattoo on his back, Shane Ray, something like that? So Pre that's what I, I want to say, though, correct me if I'm wrong, because I remember – we talked a lot about this. Wasn't it pre, cause you know, that's where he grew up was in KC. Wasn't it pre being drafted to Denver or was it during his time here? Cause I remember some, there's one story. I remember a guy getting one while he's, while he was a Bronco, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know if it was before or after, but it just rubbed me the wrong way that he had it. And I kind of had a red flag go up immediately, but hope best of luck in Buffalo. The, the Broncos um, have had some weird, lately the last we'll say you know 10 years of the team some weird history of drafting hardcore chiefs guys whether it's shane ray drew Locke, right and the lock family like being one of the most renowned chief families uh in that market kind of weird yeah i'm looking up here off the team now so not no, we don't believe in coincidence we do not uh i'm looking up here a lot of times we uh report on the signing bonuses that Denver Broncos college free agents uh, get this time around. I don't think we actually had an article for it. He wants to know, Pete, thanks for being with us, bro. On Facebook, any of the undrafted rookie cuts of, uh, are we surprised by any of them? And then which ones got the most signing bonuses this year? So um, I'm going to have to find the bonuses part, Zach, but while you answer the surprise aspect of this, I'll look that up. I'm pretty sure Michael is uh, correct here. Art Green, the cornerback from Houston, got the most as a UDFA. I believe he got 100000 Could be totally wrong, but um, he is on that list. And the player that we just talked about, Darius Gaines, got forty-five k as an undrafted free agent. Dang it. This is from last year. Hang tight for one second. Well, I'll circle back on the – I can try to find I think Mike Kliss had it. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll circle back to that. Pete, Phil down in Tucson, much love and respect, bro. And plus, when I start searching on a tab outside of StreamYard, it wants to freeze on me like this. But so I'm going to go ahead and X that out. Uh, Phil, great to see you, bro. Appreciate you. He's saying that I read we cut Tyreek McAllister on Friday, then re-signed him today. Was this a money situation? Hashtag Buckham go Broncos. What do you think the rationale slash incentive was there on the team side of things for such a quick turnaround as he's talking about here, Zach. I believe it came down to, I mean, the offseason roster is so expanded. It's 90 players the last I checked, so they can afford to carry uh, extra bodies at that position. And they're still evaluating, like Sean Payton said, they have a bunch of people in the building and they're probably going to slowly whittle that group down. But my personal opinion is it came down to McAllister or Emmanuel Wilson, the undrafted rookie and the Broncos waived Wilson today and in a corresponding move, Resign McAllister. So it's just a matter of preference, I believe. And McAllister has more on tape in the NFL than obviously Emmanuel Wilson does. Man, this is sticking in my craw on those uh, 
contracts. It's bugging me. I remember Chris tweeting about it, but I don't want to like drill through his Twitter right now because I we'd be here for a, a long time. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because the Broncos also uh, are going to be adding Jacques Patrick, the massive running back to the active roster. So in tandem, you know, Tyreek McAllister, a little bit of a different body type, a little, little bit different of a general skill set than he or than, than Jacques Patrick or, say, Zach uh, Samaje P. Ryan. But I tell you what, man, hearing Sean Payton on Saturday say that we expect uh, Pookie, Javante Williams, to be good to go to start training camp. It got me so excited that I spent a little bit of time today on YouTube, I'm not going to lie, watching some cut-ups on him, just of his tape as a pro, and just some of those runs he has where you think it's over, and all of a sudden he pops through the pile and goes for another 25, 30 yards. And just his general skill set as a physical guy with the ball in his hands, you know, running the ball as a rusher, soft hands as a receiver that I think is still a part of his skill set that can be more fully developed, especially in a Sean Payton system. Uh, and then that physicality to head up with a guy and take on a, a blitzer. I'm really excited. I'm I'm now actually probably a lot more hopeful that we're going to be able to see him in that first quarter of the season than I have been this entire offseason. Was it that Ravens game in 2021 where Pookie just carried a defender for like 15, 20 yards down the field? That was one of them. That was one of them. He is literally beast mode light. And I, I'm I have so much fun watching him play. He's such a valuable and talented running back, but I don't want to risk or rush back Pookie under any circumstance. If that means to shelve him on PUP for four weeks, let him come back around week five or after the bye week, so be it. I want a fully 1,000% healthy Javante Williams, not even 100% because he has to get his mind right. He has to get back into football shape. The psychological aspect of tearing three ligaments, and there was a doctor, if I could just cover this really quickly, if my browser doesn't freeze, Jesse Morris, MD, on Twitter, 26 NFL running backs have torn their ACL since 2011. Only two running backs have met or exceeded expectations in their first season back from surgery. That would be Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson. The problem is with Pookie, he didn't just tear his ACL. He had an right. ACL, an LCL, and a PLC according to this doctor. So it's a very serious and significant injury. And if they rush him back too early, not only will he not be the same player he was, but you're risking his career going forward as a result. Yeah, it's a it's a slippery slope. You know, it's a razor's edge that teams have to walk. Um, let's just hope that it, it pans out the way it needs to. And that's okay. If he's not out there carrying the rock as RB1 in the first couple of games, cool. You know, Samaj P. Ryan, you got some guys, but I'm feeling much more confident that we're going to get a nice, healthy dose of Javante Williams this year. And boy, what that does for the outlook of an offense. Ed Keating in the house, longtime member of our community and Super Chat superstar. And you know what, Ed, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. Uh, we do need to start getting some some appearances booked, some guests for our superstar segments. So with the draft and all that, we kind of got out of, out of uh, whack. So I'll reach out, dude. If you want to come on, we'll, we'll figure something out. So appreciate you supporting. He says, can't wait until training camp. So ready for my first summer in Denver. That's right. That's right. You're moving to Denver, right, from, from back east. So cool. Can't wait to finally meet you guys at the tailgate. Thanks, Chad and Zach. That's right, guys. And in case you missed last night's episode, the official meet and greet for 2023, the MHH meet and greet, is going to be week seven, all right? Week seven, that's October 22nd versus the Green Bay Packers, as you can see in the ticker below. So hope to see as many of you there as possible. We'll be, as we get a little bit closer, we'll be announcing a lot more um, relative to that, some specifics and some cool stuff that we have planned. So anyway, we look forward to seeing you as well, Ed. Uh, yeah, thank you, Ed. Can't wait to meet you as well. And if I can just put a pin on the Pookie topic, because people are still yeah. talking about it in the uh, in the chat. This doctor on Twitter, I mean, his opinion does hold weight because he covers these things. He predicts that Javante will have about five to eight solid games this season, likely later in the year. So it's looking like, despite what Sean Payton, George Payton say, a PUP trip or at least a mothball process to start the year is likely, and that is the way to go. Samaj P. Ryan 
is RB1. He can be the RB1, and he can pretty much do everything that Javante can. He is going to be the most underrated and unheralded player on this Broncos offense that will break out in 2023. By the way, Zach, Miguel, love you, big dog. Have you – well, you haven't gotten your jersey yet. I know two jerseys were delivered today. I got notifications. And now that I think about it, Miguel, yours was not one of them. GLP, pretty sure he got his today. Uh, who else? Who else was it? Oh, Howie, Fr Howie freaking day. So guys, make sure. But Zach, look at this. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You recognize this? Albert. No. Oh, yeah, you ordered those. You have one, too. Stoke. We got we to gotta be twinners, dude. We'll, now, we'll sync it up. Here's the thing. Mine is – my setup is I'm right up against a wall. So if, if I were to take off the uh, green screen, I'd just be like – I could reach out right now and touch the wall behind me. That's what it's connected to. So I forgot I even had that, dude. I'm digging out a closet. I'm like, I got to put – I got to make this work. I, and, but I was a little bit bummed because I'm not going to do it now, but it's like one of those, I don't know, like you'd see in a, a club or a bar or something. You can make it really bright, see, like this, but with live stream and green screen, I can't really fiddle with it. And they're not as uh, pricey as you might think. So anyway, neither here nor there. But uh, I saw some people asking about it last night. Um, okay, Albert, bro. Now that Pookie seems to be on time for OTA or for training camp, do you think we'll get an, do you think we will get another running back like Kareem Hunt? So Zach, is there a bigger name running back signing potentially in the cards for this team? I don't know about signing, but I can talk about a potential acquisition, and that would be uh, Dalvin Cook from Minnesota, who is looking increasingly likely uh, to be shipped off by the Vikings. And of course there's history there with George Payton. There's the need there for the Broncos. I would really like to have Dalvin cook as part of this offense, the dynamic dynamism. I will get that word right one day that he brings to the table as a pass catcher, as a runner, I would be all for it. My only question is too many cooks in the kitchen by that point, because Javante will come back, whether it's week one, week eight, week 16, he will play this year. You sign Samaje P. Ryan. Where would Dalvin Cook fit into that equation? Would he be a one-year rental? And if so, that wouldn't be a wise use of assets, in my opinion. I honestly do not. I don't see the Broncos signing or bringing in another big-name guy. Even the George Payton uh, to the Vikings pipeline thing uh, withstanding. Michelle, what's up? She wants to know, Chad, is your band going to play at the meet and greet? You totally should. The Knoppers campaigning for this. Um, going to look into it. Going to look into it. Maybe, maybe, you know, Saturday night somewhere in Denver, have a, a get together and a show for Bridge the Gap and then Sunday hang out at the stadium. Really good idea. Takes a little bit of uh, wherewithal to, to make that happen. So I'm in the very beginning stages of that. Stay tuned. Mike says here, Zach, Shane Ray. And thank you, Mike, as always, big dog is one reason I don't put too much stock in first-round picks. I prefer second, third, and fourth-rounders. Yeah, man. I mean, the Broncos have had studs from a lot of different rounds, not just first round. But when I think of, you know, touching the hot stove and getting burned in the first round, in recent years, Shane Ray comes to mind for sure. Uh, Paxton Lynch. Where would, you, where would you categorize Bradley Roby? as a former first-round pick? 
he wasn't a bust by any means, but he wasn't Pat Sertan either. I think he was a very serviceable number two cornerback, though not quite a number one. I would definitely not lump him in with the Shane Rays and the Paxton Lynches of the world. But, you know, there is something to the to what people say. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Scott, once you get outside, maybe not Scott. I don't want to uh, erroneously attribute this to Scott. But um, once you get outside, say, the top 15, if your first-round pick is outside the top 15, then stop agonizing over viewing that asset as some sacrosanct, you know, key to the future because – you look back too, Zach. At I don't view it this way. I'm saying this is how some people do. If you if you look back to the Mike Shanahan days, all right, specifically the tail end of his tenure, like let's say, well, let's just say the the post Super Bowl 33 and on, outside of some really good second round picks and a and a Ryan Clady, I mean, you could point to Jay Cutler, but over that whole time period. There's there were two noteworthy first round picks. And if I'm missing one, guys, and I'm talking from 99 on, if I'm missing one, you Bronco historians hit me over the head with it. But really, it was Ryan Clady. That's that was probably uh depending on your view of Jay Cutler, the Ryan Clady pick in 2008 was really the only bona fide first round success story, Zach, that Mike Shanahan had. And those Broncos teams outside of three seasons, four seasons total, if you want to count his first as head coach in Denver back in 95, were always formidable playoff uh, relevant teams. Yeah, Mike's, op Mike's opponent, Mike's point here is pretty valid. You don't have to uh, draft a player in the first round for that player to be successful. A lot of talent does come out of the first round, but not always. It's not a end all be all. If we're talking about edge rushers like Shane Ray, the two Broncos starters, Randy Gregory and Baron Browning, they were a second and third round pick respectively. You can find talent across the board. Look where Justin Simmons was drafted, for example. If you have the right people in the scouting department, you can find talent even as a UDFA. And the Broncos have that uh, acumen in the building. Colby, great to see you tonight, bro. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the support on Facebook at Bonafide Superstar Supporter over there. Much love. Kenny wants to know with a very generous super chat. Thanks, Kenny. Great to see you tonight, big dog. Hey, guys. Oh, just wanted to show some love. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Kenny. Appreciate you, big dog. Help us keep the lights on like that. Very, very cool. Very kind of you. Uh, Taylor, two nights in a row. Love seeing it. Appreciate you, Taylor. Excited for this season, he says. It feels like we're back to form with Sean Payton here now. And first time since Gary Kubiak stepped down. Javante, the comeback player of the year. Yeah, man. If if the uh, if the dominoes fall just right, I could see that for him. I could see that for him. But then again, Zach, um, Adrian Peterson coming back from his ACL, he took the freaking league by storm, joined the two K club, and became league MVP. It's been a. I'm trying to think. Was he the last? Running back NFL MVP, I'm pretty sure. And that was 2012. It doesn't happen as often as it used to back in the day. Um, a lot of people forget, though, that Peterson eventually re-injured that knee and uh, couldn't fully come back from that. And the Comeback Player of the Year award, as much as I want Javante to win that, it's already been decided. Say what you want, but I do believe that DeMar Hamlin from the Bills will win that. It's just, It just makes a lot of sense. And he's already won uh, the... Art Hallis Award, George Hallis Award for a good guy or whatever. So I do believe that's in the bag for DeMar. But as long as Pookie comes back and looks anything near like he did before that Raiders game last year, the Broncos offense will be in great shape. Uh, Gary, thank you for the super, bro. He's saying, I posted my pick on Facebook. Give me a sec, and I will log on from there. Okay, we'll see if we can find it. All right, here we go. Now the cat's out of the bag. This is the swashbuckler himself, all right? If you guys were at the meet and greet last year, then you got a chance to hang out with Gary. And uh, as one of the recent winners of our monthly Super Chat um, raffles, he opted for, as you can see, a beautiful blue home jersey of one Patrick Sertan II. So looking dapper, my friend. Looking dapper. Great to see you. And thanks for sending that in. We'll, uh, we'll, f we'll have to find that and put it on Instagram, bro. Awesome. 
Glad you love it. Looks like it fits killer. So stoked. Pretty badass picture there, Gary. Definitely appreciated and very well-deserved jersey. Hope you're enjoying rocking it. And that table in the background, I want to just have a cappuccino out there, man. It looks totally restful <laughs> and peaceful. So appreciate you tuning in as always, Gary. Um, he lives in a neck of the woods that uh, when I was a young, when I was a young warthog, my grandparents lived in that same, they, they would winter in the same town Gary's in right now. We go down and visit, and I'll tell you this, in the uh, summertime, that's not a place you want to be as far as weather. It's brutal, brutal. But in the winters, which is actually, sorry, when they would go down there, right, would get cold in the Rockies, so they'd go down there. Great place to be, great place. Broncos 007, dope, dope handle. Great to see you. Thank you for the super saying. I don't know if it would be controversial, but Matt Ariza was completely exonerated uh, do you think the Broncos would be willing to bring him in? Yeah, this is a touchy subject, right? Because even though he was exonerated, um, in today's day and age, and I hate this, I, I, I'm against this. Um, I repudiate this. It's the court. He's already been tried and found guilty in the court of public opinion. Exactly. And nothing that you can say, nothing that can be reported, will actually exonerate him in the minds of people that buried this dude simply because of the allegation, simply because of the accusation. Now, people have come back from it. I mean, Alexander Johnson, former Bronco linebacker, is a great example of a guy who was literally exonerated by a jury, right? This guy, he wasn't exonerated in the technical sense. It was found through the, you know, the p police department, whatever, that was investigating that finally figured out that he wasn't even of the night of these allegations. I don't want to say some of these words because I, I want to keep this not being blocked in any way by YouTube or, or the reach limited, but that he wasn't even on the premises when this allegation of supposedly took place. And of course, Alexander Johnson, he lost almost four years of his life battling this thing in a criminal court and then was exonerated. That's true exoneration. This guy though, unfortunately, Zach, it's uh he's already been tried in the court of public opinion. And while I think any team uh, would be lucky to have him because he showed that he's a really, he's a very good young punter. It's uh, I don't know the risk, all the me too stuff that happened a few years ago and just the risk of being associated with anyone that may, even if he was exonerated from that, why was he, his, his name is, you know, people start going down the rabbit hole from a PR perspective. They want hands off. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the person who accused him should be facing the same penalties he was facing, but that's a different story for another pod. Anything can happen. You know, Ray Lewis was charged with double murder at one time and went on to be a Hall of Famer. So that was a different time back then, though. Social media has really fanned the flames of the court of public opinion like you were talking about, Chad. You're absolutely spot on. He was the punt god. He looked great for the uh, Bills in preseason last year, but any team that would sign him, it'd be like signing Ray Rice after that incident. You just don't want your name attached to that incident, whether it was true or not. And also the Broncos did bring in Riley Dixon already, who's looking like their starting punter. I do wish that kid the best, though, and I hope that there is a team, an NFL team out there with enough, uh, with enough character uh, to not let that affect uh, their view on him because if you take that 100% out of the equation this dude would be rostered right now for sure so anyway thank you for the question big dog Sam Bam number two tonight you're a prince said I said this last year but I mean it this year and will eat my crow if not 12 and 5 with a playoff win better coaching improved O-line and better offseason training go Broncos those are three really good factors to uh rest your case on in terms of a 12 and 5 prediction zach what say you i want to see how the broncos look after the first and second quarter of the season before i go on a limb and say they're going to win 12 games i was right there with you sam last year and i'm still eating crow from the trolls out there who remind me that i predicted that record it is a different scenario now i do think they'll be better i do have them at 10 and 7 uh, that's my early prediction following the schedule release, but we'll really know what this Broncos team is made of, Chad, after the first four games. That is a 
easy portion of their schedule. If they start off three and one or four and zero, oh, I can definitely see them finishing in double digits. But twelve and five, let's let the season play out a little more before I go out on that limb. Here's the thing: How did Russell Wilson fare with competent coaching? Twelve and five; those type of seasons were the norm for Russell Wilson-led teams when he was coached by, of course, competent coaches. Uh, say what you will about Pete Carroll as a um, an offensive curmudgeon, I guess, for lack of a better term. He has his philosophy. We're going to run the ball. We're going to do boot action off that, and then we're going to let the chips fall. Russ thought he could do more. Russ thought he could be the pass-first type cue, drop back, and whether it was the answer to that just simply being no, that's just not in the cards for you, or a combination of that and uh, just the last possible coach you would have wanted to help usher Russ toward a drop-back quarterback type of game, we'll never fully know the answer. But Sean Payton came in, who, if you listen to Hall of Famer Dick Vermeil, said one of the two best offensive minds, the two best, one of two top offensive minds in the NFL of this era, Sean Payton, Andy Reid. And Sean Payton came in, Zach diagnosed and said, look, we're going basically back to a core philosophy of Russell Wilson is going to be insulated and protected by a very um, powerful rushing attack, a brutal uh, starting five in terms of physical guys that can move guys. We'll see about Lloyd Cushenberry, but still, he's one of five guys. And we're going to take our shots in the play action, and and I like that. I think because of that and, of course, just the fact that Sean Payton is the guy at the controls, that's where the buck stops. I like the idea of Russ returning to a pretty close form to what he was as a pro bowler eight times in ten years in Seattle. He is older. What is he, age 35 season he's entering, right, Zach? So that factors in. You're probably never going to get that tippity-top shape that Russell Wilson uh, was in back in the day just because he's older now, and you lose the, some of that explosiveness. You lose some of the foot speed and the you know, the wiggle, the twitch and all that. But at the same time, Zach, nobody thought Peyton Manning would ever rebound. Nobody thought that he would literally provide his best seasons, not season. I mean, 2013 was a – whirlwind and might never be beaten unless the NFL extends seasons to like 20 games or something. Uh, but he, you look at his efficiencies from 2012, 2013 and 2014, those three seasons, if you look at them across his previous 14 in Indianapolis, like he, he finished like a fine wine. He just kept getting better in Denver, but he also was surrounded by competency from a coaching level. So hopefully something similar awaits. Russell Wilson, now that Sean's in town. Yeah, I'll say this. I do believe the floor for the Broncos is nine wins this year. I'm just unsure if the ceiling is 12 wins. That's kind of how I look at the Broncos as of May 15th. Really quickly, kind of a random segue. I pulled up the uh, the signing bonus numbers from Mike Thank Cliff. you. Um, Alex Palzuski, the offensive lineman, got 80K in total. Seth Benson, 60K. Art Green got, looks like 180K. Um Matthews got 60K and uh, PJ Mustafer got 50K. Those are the signing bonuses or the top signing bonuses from the Broncos uh, undrafted rookie class. Chad Campbell, thank you for that super chat, bro. He's saying, let's go Broncos. Love that big dog. But if you follow that money, Zach, it sounds like they are expecting some big things. Uh, whoa, my, that was weird. Did I just cut out? No, you were talking. I got to fix something here in a second. Um, but anyway, Art Green, they're expecting to at least make this make this roster, and then we'll grab Brent. I hope Art Green pushes the saying Bassey off the roster, him or Jaquan McMillian. I, I don't – I'm not the biggest fan of his saying Bassey, and from what I've seen of Art Green's college tape, I do believe he has what it takes to be like the number five cornerback. But holy God, thank you so much, Brent. So generous, big dog. Thank you very, very much. He says uh, – I mean, seriously, that's – Talk about helping us keep the lights on. Really, really appreciate you, Brent. He says, thanks for a great show, Chad and Zach. So excited that we will be a healthier team and out of uh, Lauren Landau days of hell and <laughs> Bronx for life, MHH for life. Yeah, dude. I mean, the Broncos are investing to do the best they can to hedge 
against having such a snake bitten football team ever again. It is football. It is explosive. It's violent. It's dangerous. But that's why Sean Payton made the hires that he made relative to Dan Dalrymple and his assistants, plus the Broncos hiring that uh, Bo Lowry, the VP now, the uh, basically health and wellness and sports science and all that stuff. And then you look at what they're doing. Sean Payton has kept the the phase one and two very much about just simply strength conditioning and. And it's not just like, hey, come in and lift and catch on the flip-flop. Like it's a focus that is, is of course, centered around getting stronger and exposing them to that resistance now so that their bodies continue to get used to it and strengthen and over time so that by the time you actually get to the grass in training camp and then you get to the preseason games and the regular season games, they're significantly more prepared physically as individuals, which also then means collectively as a team. One thing I've learned about Sean Payton, he loves himself some Bo Larry. He has name-dropped Lowry almost every press conference. He did it again when he was asked about Javante Williams and said his rehab is going very well. It's going to be such a boost. We talk about the coaching and the quarterback play, but the injuries, Chad, and, and the constant shuffling of players because so many are on IR or lost for extended periods of time. Not having that worry this year, God willing, will, I believe, contribute directly to one or two wins, as will playing the starters and players in the preseason and getting them some exposure to actual game action, unlike his predecessor, Nathaniel Hackett. This is cool. David is saying uh, that the GLP, he and GLP have met and that he's in Yuma, Arizona as well. So cool, man. Since you guys were uh, MHHers or pre that, I'm curious, but... Very cool, bro. Um, on the subject, though, Zach, still, thank you, Mike. Love you, big dog. Your support means the world to us. You know that. Um, Zach, on the subject of Bo Lowry, okay, to refresh the m- myself on his resume and all that. So he spent two years before Sean Payton brought him here uh, as the uh, basically the, the, the guy for comprehensive sports performance programs at LSU and before that he was with Peyton in New Orleans 2017 through 21 so when Peyton left that's when he left so or at some point during 2021 anyway his role uh, with the Broncos Lowry will be quote this is from the press release responsible for implementing and leading a collaborative player health and performance program that includes athletic training strength and conditioning nutrition and sports science his official title vice president of player health and performance zach which as far as i know uh was a title created explicitly for him and then this is what sean payton as you mentioned he's he's talked a lot about him since he was hired but this is what he said when lowry was hired quote bo lowry is the best i've ever been around he was a complete game changer for us in new orleans reshaped how we operated in our training room and throughout our sports performance areas. And then of course, you know, we're excited to have him with the Broncos and look forward to the positive impact he will have on our team. Listen, I'm not a fan of Lauren Landau by any stretch of the imagination, but it wasn't a hundred percent him. You know, the NFL injury is, is luck and the Broncos have had bad luck for quite a while on top of, I believe having not so great training practices, just getting that back on track and keeping the team healthy will do wonders. I will, I literally believe it will lead to at least one victory because last season, Chad, at, at one point they had about 25 players on IR. It's unheard of. It's like, uh, you know, almost half the roster was on the shelf. You can't succeed in the NFL. I don't care how good of a coach you are. You have to have your best players available. And hopefully under Lowry and Dalrymple, that will be a reality. Stoked to hear. We got uh, Dylan circling the date, getting time off to make sure he's at the meet and greet. It's going to be dope, dude. Going to be dope. Uh, Phil saying, I think we will lead the league in return yardage this year. What a difference that would make. Oh, man. I mean, one of the reasons why the 2012 Denver Broncos and I think 13. uh, But that era of the Broncos, it was just so hard to beat was because not only did you have this prolific. Sophisticated offense led by Peyton Manning, but 
Broncos would also get a bunch of freebies, so to speak, not really freebies. Cause you know, you, you pay for every, every touchdown you put on the board, but almost like gravy scores in the form of trend and holiday, taking them to the house. Um, he eventually became more of a liability than he was a, uh, a blessing, but he had a nice window there with the Broncos where you just think back and just creating cushion. It's, it's the feeling like the rich get richer. So Phil, we're hoping you're right on that because the Broncos have made some additions this year that could really help just in terms of personnel, let alone coaching. Yeah, I mean, obviously Marvin Mims is going to be probably the primary returner, and he can fly. You signed Tremont Smith, the cornerback, to uh, return some kicks as well. And it might be a controversial take, but I'm not giving up on Montreal Washington just yet either. Even if you use him just as a gadget player, if you get him in open space and let his speed take over, you might have something there. So between those three, they will, I agree with the comment, be so much improved. By the way, guys, we uh, are – out of time so if you have any burning topics on your mind get them in the chat and we will get to them uh, before we dip on out keith on facebook good to see you my friend he wants to know what is the biggest difference we're going to see from last year to this year um man i think there are a lot of palpable differences you're going to be able to see like off the bat apologies for the mixed sports metaphor but um first and foremost i mean where's this one i saw from uh Oh, I'll find it again, but um, from the Saints guy, Saints fan. Anyway, wherever it went. Sean Payton is a competent, from this guy, Saints fan. Speaking as a Saints fan, Sean Payton is going to make Bronco fans happy with a top five offense and playoffs every year. Well, how does that sausage get made? It starts by not only having a, an adult in the room and a, and a comp, hashtag extremely competent coach like Sean Payton, Um but the, what that means and how that trickles down to everything, every facet of the team, the Broncos haven't had a coach of his magnitude. All due respect to Gary Kubiak, uh, a coach of Sean Payton's magnitude since Mike Shanahan. That's the level Sean Payton's on. Now I get it. You know, he's a one Super Bowl coach, et cetera, but the tenure he had in New Orleans and the level and profile at which he operated, man, you're going to see everything better discipline Key situations are going to be better, third down, fourth downs, red zone, all that stuff on both sides of the ball. You're going to see a confident, physically, uh, you know, physical swagger, all that stuff, dude. It's the days of the taking chances on coaches, first timers, and hoping for the best. It's in the cards. The Broncos paid a dear price to make sure that that is over and done with no more taking chances, no more seeing and hoping that it works out. I'm trying to remember Zach, what that, who was it that said it? Uh, it might've been Terrell Davis. I think it, if I remember right about a month ago and the long story short is Sean Payton is not going to, you know, the Sean Payton experience isn't going to be uh, hoping that it pans out. It's getting a guy in here that can make it happen. And you don't, it's like a set and forget if, for those of you who play fantasy football, like that's the equivalent. And the Broncos are, it's no guarantee, but that's what the Broncos paid for, Zach. What is he, second highest paid coach in the league, top dollar money. Plus, I mean, they paid the, the Saints uh, a king's ransom to, to get him to Denver. So in what way won't it be different? That's what I'm thinking, honestly. Perfectly said. Yeah. Coaching, coaching, coaching. The biggest difference is Sean Payton and the competency he brings and also just the elite level offensive game planning and play calling. You can hate on Russ all you want, but when you look at what he did in New Orleans, not just with Drew Brees, but any quarterback that was under center, he turned Jameis Winston from a bus into a quarterback. He threw like, what, 30 touchdowns in 2020, something like that. I mean, when you make Jameis Winston look good or Trevor Simeon or Ian Book, I'm salivating at what he can do with someone like Russell Wilson who will not play anywhere nearly as bad as we saw last year. That was an outlier that wasn't a flash in the pan. That was a worst possible scenario with a Nathaniel Hackett hire and everything. You're going to see a rejuvenated Russell Wilson, a much, much, much better offensive operation. And just as a whole, like you said, the, the discipline will come back. The stupid penalties will be cut out. You're not going to have to, as a fan, chant the and count down the play clock at your home game. I mean, those things are gone because you have one of the best coaches 
of this generation now leading the Broncos. This is what I was talking about. I didn't paraphrase Davis very well, but this was Terrell Davis, <clears throat> Hall of Famer, telling Chris Thomason of the Denver Gazette back in April, quote, you could not have gotten a better candidate to come in for what the Broncos needed right now. I have nothing against first-year coaches, but the Broncos needed a stabilizer, someone to come into this situation and not have to think about how to fix it, but know how to fix it. And that's what the Broncos paid for. And in the NFL, it, just like in life, more often than not anyway, you get what you pay for. So uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And I get it right now. It's really hard to, to dare to hope too much after how badly everyone feels like they've been burned in Broncos country, especially since, you know, last year. Like last year was the, the final dagger, Zach, where fans were like, what are you talking about? How could this be happening? We got Aaron Rodgers, offensive coordinator, and Russell Wilson, and we still suck. We're like, not only that, but we become like basically a lampoon. So fans are, are um, traumatized, which I totally understand. But I'm telling you, this dude knows how the sausage gets made. And the Broncos are going to be a competitively relevant team, not only this year, but moving forward. Russell Wilson is going to look entirely different. It's going to be a game changer. Speaking of traumatized, I don't know why I have a mental block when I recall former Saints quarterbacks, and I don't include Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Maybe because of Bridgewater's tenure in Denver, but Chase has a great point here. Add him to the list. He was undefeated. I don't know if it was 6-0, 5-0, whatever, but he looked really, really good under Sean Payton. And we saw how Teddy Bridgewater looked in a non-Sean Payton system in Denver, and it wasn't pretty. So if he can do those things with Bridgewater or Simeon or Winston – you have to wonder how good they can be with a better and more improved Russell Wilson. Former Super Bowl champion, nine-time Pro Bowler, I should add. That's right. Guys, before we uh, dip out of here, we do have to get going. Um, I want to give you an update on where things stand in the uh, Super Chat rankings for the month in question. Here we are basically at the midpoint. Uh, we're May 15th, and as you know, what we do here is at the end of each month, we take the top 10 finishers on Super Chat. All right, that's cumulative. Their names go in a hat. Wherever they're ranked, it's kind of weighted so that, you know, if you were number one, you're going to have more tickets in the hat than who's ever number 10. But still, if you're top 10, you're in that in the hat, so to speak. We raffle, randomly select. The winner gets a Denver Broncos jersey of their choice, just like you saw from Gary earlier tonight. And uh, here's where things stand in the month of may all right now this is the duchess michaela parker at number one but she's basically uh battling on behalf of michaela israel which is really really cool really sweet of of the duchess at number two lady d look at that two ladies we'll, we'll say three ladies really leading uh in the top of the rankings so far then glp gary at number three Brent P has done some leapfrogging up into the top five. He's at number four. Ethan, the DWI guys, who is basically on every single Broncos for Breakfast morning show, right there at five. And then, oh, okay. Now, you're going to have to explain this to me, Scott, when we get off air. There's two. There's two. There's Michaela. There's Michaela. Uh, two Michaela's here. So maybe I misunderstood what you told me. But either way, right now on our rankings, Michaela Parker at six, Erwin Serrano at seven, Naj at eight jasmine nine david mcelrath at 10 so much love and respect you guys really appreciate you so much supporting what we're doing and uh look forward to giving back in the form of a jersey it's going to be dope but zach unless there's anything else burning on your mind i think maybe we dip on out of here I think we covered it all. That was another excellent edition of the MHH pod. If you're not following us on Twitter, be sure you're doing so at the MHH pod. You can find the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle. Chad is at Chad and Jensen myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know where to find it by now, but just in case MHHmerch.com, be sure you check it out. If you're on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash mile huddle pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on Instagram, follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you're on Apple, be sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, I ask of you to do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans. 
just like you. A mile high salute to these great Super Chat supporters tonight on YouTube, uh, starting with David McElrath, Troy, Sam Bam, Ed, Kenny, Taylor, Gary Palmer, Broncos 007, Chad Campbell, Brent P., much love and respect, and Facebook is trying to be a little bit slow, so give me just one second as I finish pulling up uh, the shout-outs for Facebook tonight. But uh, we got Mike Ronquillo. So dope, dude. Thank you, buddy. Phil McLaughlin, Colby C. Collier, Mike Reno, Miguel Santistevan, and then Marcus Lewis Henna from across the pond. Much love and respect. Can't wait to talk to you guys again on Thursday night. See y'all then. Have a group. Ooh, we got Deanna at the buzzer. Lady and D. That's, that's two nights in a row she did the, uh, the buzzer super. So she's coming. She's coming to the meet and greet, she says. Awesome. awesome. Got my tickets today, she says. Dude, that's so rad. It's going to be fun, Lady D. It's going to be a, a gas. Can't wait to hang out with you. Thank you so much for the, for the generous super chat, right as we're about to sign off, literally. So thank you, Deanna. Yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, Chad called me on Friday and told me when the meet and greet was going to be. My first comment back was, oh, good. That means Deanna could make it because she mentioned that October would be better for can, her. Can so, confirm. I'm so happy you're going to be there, Deanna. Thank you so, so much for all your contributions. Can't wait to thank you in person. But we're off until Thursday. Have a great start to your week, guys and gals. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.